This is the Obstacle Overcomer Podcast, dedicated to helping you overcome the obstacles that have been holding you back. My name is Nikki, and I'm a mother, author, empowerment speaker, singer, narrative changer, and obstacle overcomer. Each week, I'll be bringing you both the spiritual and practical tools that will empower you to overcome the challenges that you've been facing. You have the power to change the narrative of your life. You don't have to accept things as is. And always remember, obstacles are not barriers. They are stepping stones. Welcome back to another amazing edition, a live edition of the Obstacle Overcomer podcast. It's your girl, your host, Nikki Johnson, the overcomer and your empowerment coach. Y'all, today we have a whole different type of show. We're going to be all the way live, live. I have an amazing guest with me today, and we are talking about a much needed topic. So what I'm going to ask you all to do right now is not only share, have a watch party, I don't care if you're watching this in the replay, if you're watching this on YouTube Live or Facebook Live, we need you guys to share. This is a very, very important topic. And before we jump into the topic, let me introduce you to who I have with me today. Alrighty, so today we are talking to Douglas Hobson. And the story of Douglas, as told in his new book, will blow your mind. The life of a young boy who survived sexual molestation and child abuse and who is now setting his sights on setting other captives free. The Untold Secret is book one in his three-part series detailing the plot of the enemy and the triumph of Christ in the believer's life. Douglas is a child abuse advocate and a certified life coach, a husband, and a father, and today he is our guest on the Obstacle Overcomer podcast. So, without further ado, let's bring on Mr. Douglas Hobson. Welcome to the Obstacle Overcomer podcast. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Even though he has to travel, he is still doing the show today. So, let's pray for them that God gives them traveling grace and mercies. Okay, so we have so much to dive into and so much to unpack. So I gave them a little bit about your bio. Okay. I want you to tell us who Douglas is outside of the author, outside of the survivor, outside of being a husband and a father. Who is Douglas? I'm a big kid. I'm a big teddy bear. I am one who loves God one who loves family. I'm a grandfather, uh, as they call me, Papa. Um, <laughs> I am, I am just, I'm just me. I'm loving me. I'm finally learning how to live and not just exist. Um, I'm loving me and I'm, I'm lo living my best life right now. Living my best life. All right. Living my yes, best life. Yes. You living your Amen. best and I'm living mine always like it's golden. Yes, right. ma'am. <laughs> so we talked about a little bit about your book. They saw the, the book cover um, in the in the introduction and the promo, actually. You wrote a book that is called The, called the Untold Secret. So before we really get into the book, I want to ask you, why now? Why did you decide to, to tell your story, tell the secret? And why did you choose to do it in a book? Well, because I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, come on now. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, as they say, when you grow older, you grow wiser. Mm. And I believe there are a lot of, especially men, uh, that live in silence. 
uh, that have not told their story, that still struggle day to day with wanting to live, wanting to be a better man, wanting to be a better father, a better husband. And I told the story in the book because uh, the old saying is duct tape is silver, but silence is golden. Oh, wait a minute. Say that again. <laughs> duct tape is silver, but silence is golden. Mm. So now I allow my book to tell my story instead of me having to tell it over and over and over again. I decided to write a book because um, of some family issues. Um, some some people, I wanted the world to know that there there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, mm -hmm. Me telling it on Facebook Live, the whole world can't get it. But if I wrote a book, it can change somebody's life in China. It can change somebody's life in Thailand. It can change somebody's life in Africa. So I believe me writing the book, and this is only book one of, book, of three books uh, from this series. So I believe writing a book uh, was the best way to get my message to the nation. Mm. I want to ask you this, author to author. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to five, five being Lord Jesus, how hard was it or how easy, but how hard was it for you to dive deep and really be vulnerable and expose yourself? I'm going to be very transparent with you. I locked myself in the hotel room for seven days. I asked God to take me back to the very place where it happened. Um, I actually had to, don't, don't think I'm crazy. I had to check myself into a mental institution after I wrote the book, because God took me back to the very place, the very time, the very, I, I could still smell my mother's perfume. I could still smell my uncle's cologne um, at the time of me writing this book. Uh, okay, there we go. We, we lost connection. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So go back said, a little bit. You said God took you back. God took me back to the very place where it happened. Um, I still smell my uncle's cologne. I could still, you know, hear what was being said to me. So it literally, it literally took me back 35 years to mm. when it happened. Um, it was very difficult, but I wrote the book in seven days. Mm -hmm. I wrote the I book in seven it. days. I wrote um, mine in 31. I believe yeah, it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It, it, it was nothing but the grace of God that allowed me to write it that fast because I could not, I could not phantom being in that space any longer. So, you know, God, God walked me through it. He detoxed me from it. And I really, uh, a couple weeks ago, I actually went back for the first time in 35 years, went back physically to the place where it happened. Um, and, you know, my grandmother, God rest her soul, she used to say I had to go back to the root. I went back to the root. The root, yes. The root. I had to go back yes. to the root of where it happened. And, and, and that moment, God gave me a release. He, I went back to the very house where it happened, the very apartment where it started, and God gave me a release. Mm -hmm. uh, so writing the book enabled me to be a better husband, a better father, a better grandfather, and a better man to society because I was in a state of depression. Um, I did not love myself. Um, I did things to manipulate people uh, before I was delivered and set free from this. But now that I'm free, um, I can now tell the world. Um, I have a saying, until you become infected with something, you can never become the cure. So now that I have been infected with it, now I can be a cure to somebody else who lives in silence. Amen. Let's let everybody process on that for a moment. Have us a good Selah. <laughs> I love how you asked the Lord to take you there so you could take us there. And then after he took you there, you were able to actually go back physically. But since I've read the book and they have not, let's talk about 
what we are discussing. And we welcome your comments. We welcome your questions down below. Please be interactive with us in joining on the conversation today. And also, please don't forget to share and have a watch party. All right. So, Douglas, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what the secret is. What is your what was what was your untold secret? The secret was I was molested by my uncle and some by my mother from the age of three to the age of 16. Uh, unbelievable, very hard to process, um, but it happened and it's my truth. Amen. Okay, so the untold secret. Let's, uh, let's start from the beginning. You mentioned that you went back to where it started, starting the apartment. So take us back to your, your earliest memory of it. Oh, earliest memory was probably about four. Um, my mother came home one night after working late. Um, we had a babysitter and my mother woke me up because it was dishes dirty in the cabinet. And basically I got beat for no reason. Um, I remember my cousin telling me um, and this was a few weeks ago. She said, I told your mom that if she was going to beat you like this, I could not watch you anymore. Um, so that was my earliest, um, earliest memory of the beating. Um, not too long after that, the Division of uh, Family Services, they called it Dyfus in New Jersey. Division of Youth and Family Services actually took me away and placed me with my grandmother uh, for about a year. Uh, my mother could not see me unless my grandmother supervised the visits. Um, lo and behold, they, they, they made me go back home and I would run away all the time. Um, nobody knew why I was running away, um, but now they know. Uh, so I, I, I've met with family members while I was back home. And, you know, they asked me the question, you were not a bad kid. You were not, you never got in trouble in school. I was angry as a kid. Um, you know, not being able to really tell what was going on, afraid to tell what was going on. So I would go to school and act out and I was labeled, quote unquote, a bad, a bad child until they mm -hmm. found out why I was a bad kid. Right. You know, and, and that's part of my mission of uh, telling this story and going to the schools and traveling across the country. Let's look at the warning signs of what's going on in the child's home mm -hmm. uh, before we label them as a bad kid. That's it. Um, because there's something going on that does not fit right why that child is acting out at home. Mm -hmm. uh, I always so, say that there's a root, as your grandmother would say, in a my root. Head, yes. a root. There's a yes. root to it. And yes. because I went through it, I recognize it so yes. easily when I see it. But yes. yeah, there's always a root to everything. Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So um, go, go, going a little further on, so I was always the biggest kid in school. I, I'm six foot nine now. When I was 10 years old, I was almost 5'11". Okay. So everybody wanted to pick on the big kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, me defending myself, me uh, with that anger from home, I would mm -hmm. go down the hallway and punch eight out of the 10 kids in the hallway just to punch them. Right. You, you know, because of the anger that was built up inside. Uh, so a, a little, little further on, um, as I, well, let, let me back up when I was with my grandmother, um, I had an uncle, um, that, that touched me in ways that people should not touch children. 
Um, and I purposely do not say names. I purposely wrote the disclosure in my book because I wanted to protect their identity. Yeah, I said um, the disclosure. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and, and that's legal reasons, and that's also to keep that person's uh, identity hidden. You wanted to cover them, yes. Yeah, I did. I did. You know, and so th that that had. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Oh. Okay. There you go. Okay. You wanted to cover them. Yeah, I wanted to cover them, so. Uh, I, I protected that identity. So that went on for a while. Um, and then I was finally placed into a foster home. Um, during the foster home, I'm going to call it epidemic, um, I was touched by foster parents. Um, so, you know, in the next book, I'll, I'll expose more of that and expose the Division of Youth and Family Services in that. Um, there's a lot that goes on with the Division of Youth and Family Services as far as people selling kids yeah. to foster homes that they know abuse kids and yeah. molest kids and things yeah. of that nature. Um, so I I'm really going to dive into that. But further along... Um, well, that before, you go there, before you go there, Douglas, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Because um, a lot of times, one of the questions that an adult will ask the child or ask an adult later on is, why do you say something? What they don't realize is we did say something, but the moment that you did, you got in trouble. Exactly. Or no one believed you. So let's exactly. talk a about, I read in, in, in your book where you talked about um, getting in trouble at school because they thought you were being disobedient because you wouldn't sit down. Yes. And you couldn't sit down because you were in so much pain. Tell us about that and how you went from almost getting help to almost feeling like you were being punished because now right. you're being sent away. Go ahead. Right. So uh, there was one morning I, I went to school and molestation had happened the night before. Um, and my teacher, you, me, me normally being defiant, let's just be honest. I was a defiant kid. You are already hard headed. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was already hard headed. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, me being a defiant kid, my teacher asked me to sit down about three or four times and I kept telling her, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't, it hurts. I can't. And she took me to the principal's office and the principal, like, you know, you know, Oh Lord Douglas, what, what's going on now? And I think he saw the look in my eye mm -hmm. this time to say, okay, something's really wrong. He's not playing around. Yeah. So so they lifted up my shirt, and my part of my skin was broken um, from the beating I had took the night before. Um, and my something other things were happening to where I could not sit down. Um, and so they called Division of Youth and Family Services. Now, when they called them, they put me in what they call a respite home um, until they did their investigation of what happened. Now, mind you, my mother being the the persuader that she was and still is, um, she, she lied to them. them she yes. manipulated the system, mm -hmm. um, which is very common uh, with, with with mothers and, and fathers that that, yeah. that kids are in the system. They she manipulated the system and they brought me back home. Now the threat was made that if you if you go and tell that this is happening again, mm -hmm. I'm going to kill you and I'm going to hide your body and tell them that you ran away. Because they were already used to me running away from right, home. Right, right. Uh, so the manipulation began there. Then she befriended my social worker. Uh, so my social worker and my mom used to hang out, used to do all things outside of the case. So my life was in jeopardy the whole time because my mother persuaded my my, my social worker um, that and I was lying. And your help was not the help. And, and my help was not the help. My yeah. help was more detriment mm -hmm. uh, than any good. Right. So, um, so that, that happened. And finally, um, 
Well, let, let's let's back up a little bit. There, there was a hospital in Elizabeth, New Jersey, called Elizabeth General Medical Center. Um, I was admitted to that hospital, no exaggeration, and I, I'm get, I'm getting ready to actually pull my documents. Um, Seventy eight times, um, and I lied that I wanted to kill myself because I wanted to get away from my mother. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I so in turn, me learning how to manipulate people. Because my mother manipulated people, I was a good manipulator in getting away because nobody believed me. Yeah. So I used the system to help me survive. Let me, you know, let me say this real quick. Uh-huh. So this goes out to all of those who work with children, may have a child, grandchild, or someone in their family that stays in trouble. Children will do anything to get attention. They don't care what kind of attention it is, especially if it can get them away from where the danger is. Uh, as a child care worker, as an early childhood educator, I have seen it. And those children, will, they will pull somebody's hair just to get in trouble because they know if they get in trouble, if my grandma has to come and get me, I don't have to go home with my mama tonight. Exactly. So it, exactly. it's all kind of warning signs that we don't pay attention to that we, we we label because we don't want to dig. We just call them bad kids. You know, we Trouble call them kids, hard-headed yes. children. But yes. go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. So, so, so I did that purposely to stay away from the abuse. Um, every time I would go back home, I would do something else. I would fake like I took pills to stay away. Finally, uh, there was a pay- place in Pennsylvania that I've already been, that, that saved my life. It was called Kids Peace Residential Center in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Mm. That was a residential placement where they placed me because they could not keep me at home because of the running away and back and forth into the hospital and things of that nature. Uh, Kids Peace was a place, it was really my safe haven, and that's where I met my angel. Um, I don't want to talk about too much because I want people to go buy the book, but my angel um, was a worker that was working at Kids Peace, he had just lost his son. And he told me that I reminded him of his son. Mm-hmm. So he quit his job. And more of the story is he was my angel. Mm-hmm. He was my angel. So, you know, and, and I don't know who we have watching, but you have to. My age has a lot to do. I, I started preaching. Now, now I, I'm going to go somewhere that the church folk may not like. I was preaching at 15. Now, remind you, I was being molested and beaten from the age of three to the age of 16. Yeah. Started preaching when I was 15. I passed my first church at the age of 17. So I was being beaten while preaching. Um, I don't know if you remember the story when Benny Hen was going through his complicated time. And Benny Hen said this. He said, the only time I felt safe is mm-hmm. when I was under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. The only time I felt like I could be Douglas, the only time I felt safe enough to be who I was, yeah, was when I was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, that came from another foster family that I was with, and the, the husband was a preacher. Let's talk about them, because I was going to ask you. I, yes. I love them just by reading about them. So <laughs> yes. when I say the Harpers to you, who were they? Tell us who they were and what they represented in your life. The Harpers represented freedom. Mm. They, they represented people who I was afraid of, 
because I was afraid of them because I never felt that kind of love before. Pastor Atkins just said, man, you better preach. <laughs> That's an amazing I, man of God, a great amen. friend of mine. And he's amazing amen. man of God, but go ahead. Amen. So, so they represented freedom. They represented fear. They represented because I sabotaged that relationship because they were too good to be true. Mm. If, if that makes sense. The spirit of sabotage was very active because I, 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 the people that I thought loved me yeah. were the people that betrayed me. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so I sabotaged that relationship. But one thing I loved about Mr. Harper, Mr. Harper was a Baptist preacher. Now, I don't know who know about Baptist you preachers. You talked about his whoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I, I, I talk about that in my book. That whoop yeah. he did, where he would get up in that pulpit, say Jesus would pick you up, and he would spin around like he was Michael Jackson. He would turn around, and man, I would I would literally wait for everybody to leave out of the church and get in the pulpit and, and act like it. I would. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So, so the Harpers <laughs> were people that I, that, as an adult now, I can look back and say, they genuinely loved me. They were your but, angels. But because of the fear yeah. of, okay, so let's go back to the abuse and then you'll understand why I'm getting ready to say. The very words that were used with me was, you know I love you, right? Right. Those the, words the, were said to me by mine. And it, 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 it gives you this conflicting view of love and sexuality yes. and compassion. Because you know it, it doesn't feel right because it hurts. But those are loving words. Those are right. affirming words. So yeah, right. I totally understand. Right. So, so those words were used to me before the abuse happened. Yeah. So when someone comes to came to me and said, you know, I love you, it threw me in a frenzy. Trigger. It, 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 it was a trigger word that threw me back into a place where I had to be a survivor. Yes. I had to survive. Yeah. Um, so one thing I, 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 I mentioned a little bit in the book and I don't know, I have my keys here. This sound was a trigger up until four years ago. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, I'm 40 years old now. Mm -hmm. That sound was a trigger up until four years ago. I believe and some, it. And somebody says, why was that a trigger? It was a trigger because I heard, when I heard my mother's keys yes. coming into the door, mm -hmm. I knew that I was getting ready to be beat. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so th th those little things like that, the triggers, um, I was not very affectionate. Um, I was not a, a, a loving person. Yeah. Um, even as an adult, up until I met my wife, I was a grizzly bear. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and in the book, I talk about the wonder years. Mm -hmm. um, I struggled. I, ne I never dibbed in it, but I struggled with, if am I a woman? Or my boy. Right. I struggled with that because of the, the sexual abuse. And then I struggled with it even as an adult, not 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 to wondering if I was a boy or a girl, but wondering is this how I'm supposed to love my wife? Right. Did you have struggles of your own sexuality and your own ability to I mean, we're going to talk very real and raw. If there are any trigger issues, we do want to give that warning. But also, I'm going to ask if you do stay and watch, please do share because we need to stop not having the conversation. Right. Um, did you have issues with your own sexuality and issues with intimacy as an adult with people because of the way intimacy uh, or sex was first presented to you? 
not not the part of me struggling with sexuality, mm -hmm. but the part of intimacy, yes. Okay. Um, there were times where I could not be touched a certain way because I would immediately get angry. Yeah, or or, or 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 get very defensive. Mm -hmm. Um, when I when I married my wife, Keisha, there were certain subjects that we could not talk about, even even up until maybe a year before we got married, because it was a trigger. Mm -hmm. um, my wife is one who likes to talk about my past. In, in the beginning, I would not talk. About, I told I would tell her it was none of her business. Mm -hmm. Or why is that relevant to you? Mm -hmm. And now being delivered and set free, I understand the relevance of it because it affected how I loved her. Right. And it affected how I love myself. Right. So I really, I really, I'm really thankful for her uh, because she showed me another way of life. She showed me, and I know the Bible says when man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. And, and I said this to her in my marriage vows. You were not my wife because I married you. You were my wife when I found you. That's it. And, 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 when I, <laughs> and when I found her, I found her in a place of brokenness. Mm -hmm. And she did not take advantage of my brokenness. She actually Amen. became an asset to my brokenness because then I was really able to heal. So she was an asset to your healing. She was an asset to my healing. And I say that to anybody that's in a broken state. If a person can be has has to be a liability, they, they you don't need them in your life. Mm. And, and there there were a lot of people that come as an asset but wind up being a liability. Mm. So now, you know now we have to decipher between the two. But the Harpers were an asset to me. Um, the 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 the, the, the Harpers were an asset to me, mm -hmm. and, and, and I thank God every day because Mister Harper was one who was who understood pain but also understood that who I was in God come I on. had to endure pain come on uh because if there's no pain there's no table and, and so now hold on wait a minute we're not driving past that <laughs> back your car back up if there's no pain if there's, there's no pain no there's table. no table talk about it so the the, the bible says that God will prepare a table before you in the you presence gotta, of your enemies. So, so what I've learned is that the table is not for you. Mm -hmm. The table is for your enemy to feast on the thought mm -hmm. that their plan was to destroy you. Mm -hmm. you, you follow what I'm saying? Be, because at the end of the day, the Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The weapon will form but it, but it won't destroy you. It won't on, prosper. And on. see, people, even, listen, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm giving you a big real trend. Even to this day, I have family members trying to destroy my character, mm -hmm. trying to destroy my integrity. Right. I've had I've had biological siblings inbox other podcast guests about me. I understand? Mm -hmm. But see, this is, this is the thing about God. If God be for you, <laughs> see, and, and, and this is why I say I allow yeah. my book to tell my story mm -hmm. because, because see, one thing about God, when God connect you to the right people, watch this here, even the podcast, and I'm saying this for a reason, even the podcaster came back to me and she said, Douglas, I know this is not true because darkness will always try to shed light when they're exposed. 
So, 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 so I say that to say this, the very people that set the trap to kill me, the very people that said Nebuchadnezzar set the fire sent 10 times hotter, <laughs> Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. You he will use <laughs> those same people to elevate you in your due season. Because the Bible, the Bible declares, watch this, and I, I'm sorry I'm getting on, off in this you little tangent, but, 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 but the Bible declares that what had them bound in the fire was burnt off. So, so what had me bound in my fire, I did not have to come out to get free. Yeah. Lord have mercy. God said, God, listen, God told me to tell the people that are watching right now, whatever you have that's holding you bound, stay in the fire. Yeah. Don't ask me to take you out of the fire. Stay in the fire. Because what had you bound will be burnt off and you'll come out not smelling like smoke. Hmm. So 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 God is using my very my very the very people that said you're a liar, the very people that, that said I did not do this. He's using them as free advertisement from my book because now people are really <laughs> going to go buy the book because they want to know what's in the book. Come on with the free advertisement. L listen, 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 listen. I have, I, listen, I have a family. I'm not going to mention their name. I'm not going to say the relation to me, but I have a family member that has openly said that I named people in my book. The devil is a lie. If, if you if, if, see, this is the thing. They couldn't have read the book because if they read the book, they would understand that there's nobody's name in the book. So watch what this did, Nikki. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me get comfortable. Let me tell you what this did. I looked at my Amazon sales yesterday. It boosted my Amazon sales by them openly saying that I put people's name in the book. So as they did, Jesus, you can talk about me all you want to. But if God be for me, then who can be against, then who can be against me? Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm living my life now to where I, I don't have time to deal with stuff that's on the ground and I'm trying to build a wall. I'm not coming off my wall to deal with the peasants. Mm. And I'm not degrading anybody. But at this time in my life, in, my, in this season, God has really told, he's told me time and time again, he says, son, I anointed you for this. So I allowed you to go through, not, not stay in. Mm. I allowed you to go through so I can use your mess, turn it into a testimony, and bless the nation with it. Mm. So it's okay that I go through. It's okay that you go through. But the key word is that you go through it and you come out as pure gold. Mm. Okay, mm. I, I'm going I'm to I'm stop because we'll have church and they'll be sending a collection <laughs> offering playing around. But, Let but, me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. There are so many children, and we're focusing, um, we're concentrating on males. But mm -hmm. there are so many children that are right now, in this very moment, afraid of the place that they're in that should be a place of safety or a safe haven, as you call it in your book. Um, and they can't tell anyone because there is this cultural saying that says, what goes on, goes in, on this in my house, house should stay in this house. When I say that statement to you, I personally cannot stand it. But when I, can't I say either. that statement to you, what does that mean to you? That means that there are a whole lot of secrets that people don't want revealed because it's going to expose their true identity. Um, I think that is that is the issue. Um, 
with with saving children uh because that was my that was our saying too what goes on in this house stays in this house mm-hmm. but what what happens if i'm in danger in this house in this house that's supposed to be my safe haven as fred sanford say i don't want no hassle in my castle <laughs> but if there's hassle in my castle and you teach me that what goes on in this house stays in this house how can i become exactly free exactly you know, I used to get beat just by being a kid. Yeah. Um. Th- th- there were times where, and I, one of my cousins told me this a couple weeks ago, there were times where my mother would let me go out of the house, and if I was too comfortable being a kid, she would pull me in and beat me because I was having too much fun. Yeah. But this is why we have so much teenage pregnancy. This is why we have so many adolescents in jail, because they had never had a chance to become a kid Right, and they had to grow up, and they had to they they had to raise themselves, and we have absent fathers in the home, mm-hmm. Ch- young ladies that are raised in a home with the absent fathers yeah. outside outside of the home. They yeah. go looking for validation from the first young man or the first boy that say they love them, or they're cute, or they're pretty, <laughs> or, or, or or whatever. So Did why what do they that? do? Did you deal with that when you were growing up? The first- yes person that came along and called you hey big tall whatever yeah i did and i did i dated older women on purpose because i was looking to fill a void that my mother should have filled right and i talk about that in my book where i craved the mother-son relationship i craved that because there's there's something about a, 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 a child being close to their mother even though the i don't believe a mother can teach a man how to be a man but there's something about having that safety blanket to, that I can go back to my mom and talk to my mom about anything, you know. And that, our, our son is a mama's boy. My my son will call his mother before he called me. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that connection to where if I had that connection, I would not have done women the way I did them. Because I would have the value of treating a woman like she was supposed to be treated. Mm. But because my value was either you beat me, you lie to me, you beat me some more, and you don't love me, that's that that was my example on how to treat women. Was love, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And <laughs> so when I say this, I, I definitely don't mean to do any triggering or disrespect. So with that being said, someone hurt your mom. Yes. She equated the way yes. she expressed her motherhood in yes. such a, a, a violent way. Do you pray for your mother? I do. I do. You know, my mom was just on a respirator. She had COVID and had pneumonia. Mm. Uh, she was in the hospital on the respirator. And the old Douglas would have asked God to kill her mm. because of the hurt. Yeah. But my prayer to God was God allow her to live so she can get her life right with you? Mm-hmm. And, and, and let me let me say this nationally, whatever level we're on right now, I love my mother, and, and, and I don't want anybody to misconstrue. Yes, she did what she did, and I realize why she did what she did, and I reveal that in a minute. But I love her. I would do anything if she needed me right now. I would still go to her rescue. Mm-hmm. Because that's my mother. Do we have a relationship? No, we do not. 
And I choose not to have that relationship because I want to keep my mind sane. Right. But if she needed me, I would go right now to where she is and come to her rescue. Yeah. Because that's my mother. She birthed me. And I, I respect her as my parent. I still don't respect her as my mother. Mm. But I respect her as my parent because she gave me life. Mm. Okay. So we come to the, I've come to the conclusion that the abuse happened because I looked like my father. Mm-hmm. And my father, she was, and I explained this in my book, she was with my father for about 10 to 15 years with no signs of marriage. And I believe she was angry with my, my biological father. And if you look at me, you see my father, mm-hmm. even down to the gray patch of my head. Mm-hmm. I look like my father. And I believe that every time she looked at me, the anger arose because of what my my father. I remember I, I remember the story somebody told me that my biological father actually tried to have my, make my mother have an abortion, mm. and he pushed her out of a glass window to try to make her abort me. Mm. So I believe through the, all of the years of the abuse, every time she looked at me, she looked at him. Yeah. And the anger was festering. The anger was festering. So, so, so yes, I pray for my mother every day. There's not a day go by. And, and even though I know it won't happen, I still want that relationship. I still, even if it's just a, a day that we can sit in the same room and not argue and not fuss, right. but have a day just to go out and eat, eat breakfast, take her to lunch, take her to dinner, you know, I still want that because at the end of the day, I understand why. And some people may think I'm crazy, but forgiveness is key. Absolutely. And I and I understand why she did what she did. That's it. And, and, and sometimes, uh, uh, Nikki, it's not the enemy; it's the enemy that that kills us the most. Yeah. You know, so I I, I, I love I love my mom. I, I love her from a distance. But I love her and I pray for her. And if she happens to get this broadcast in any way, listen, I love you. And, and my new T-shirt says it all. I forgive you. That's all. That, that's it. And my, my prayer is in agreement with you that you get that day that you so desire and that you're praying for. So <clears throat> right now, you as an adult have decided to release your secret to tell your story in your book. And you're also advocating on behalf of other people, other children. Yes. What are some of the things that you are doing? And I definitely want to hit on what are some uh, proactive things that we can do when it comes to talking to our children or the children in our lives um, about their bodies and that no one has a right to touch them. It's okay if you tell. What are you doing in that area? But also what are you doing as far as your advocacy? Uh, as far as my advocacy, actually, my, my, I just started a nonprofit organization called Life After the Abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we focus on what happens now. What happens after I've been abused? What happens yeah. after I've been through the foster system? So um, I'm, re- I, I, I'm, I'm looking for sponsors and every, every bit of my proceeds that go from my book and my T-shirt sales go to my nonprofit so we can offer free counseling uh, for people, for kids that have been abused. Uh, we're starting a scholarship fund because I, I, I never uh, I had to pay for college out of pocket. So we're starting a scholarship fund 
for children that have been abused and a part of the system so we can give them some money to start their education. Um, uh, as far as the, as, and I travel across the country, I, I teach um, adults, I teach teachers. My wife is also a teacher. I teach teachers to look for the warning signs of, of aggravated behavior, uh, anger, uh, defiancy, and th th those little key things. I, I teach them what to look for. And my book was written therapeutically on purpose mm -hmm. uh, because uh, we're trying to get the school system of where we live to adopt my book as a teaching mechanism for, for teachers. Mm. Uh, so we're trying, we're trying to get that uh, going on. But, um, and we're starting a summer camp. And I think the next summer, the summer after next, we're going to start a summer camp for abused kids. Mm. Um, and I know that's going to be a hard thing to do because our community, and I say our community because I'm part of that community, our community does not trust easy. Right. Um, our community, and, and I had to say this to my team the other day, um, our community does not change. Our community grows. And I hate to say that, um, but every 10 seconds, there's a report of child abuse in America. Mm -hmm. Every 10 seconds. So we've been on here. And that's just what's reported. That's just re what's reported. Yeah. So we've been on here 41 minutes. Every 10 seconds that we've been on here, there's a report of child abuse in America. Yeah. What can we do to stop that? One, we can teach parents how to channel their anger when they're angry at something else. Because mm, a lot good. of abuse happens when a parent is angry. There's something happened at work. Uh, the boyfriend or made mad. Triggered. <laughs> or they're triggered. And they come home and take that out on the kid. So I teach them preventative measures. If you're angry, go take a walk. Go swimming. Go hit some baseballs. Go go take a walk in the park. So we teach these little things to help parents understand that it's not okay to take your anger out on your child. Um, you know, parenting classes. You know, you know, you know. Some some parents when they when they have kids, they go through postpartum depression, and they feel like killing themselves. They want to kill the child. They can't stand to hear the child cry. So so we offer free counseling, and that and that's what all of my proceeds go to for us to pay a counselor. So they can have free counseling because half the time that the people and not being degrading, some people don't have health insurance. Right. Some people are on welfare and the counselor may not take their insurance. So we offer that service. You know, you go to a counselor. We need to make sure that you're going. We follow up with the counselor and we'll pay for you to go to counseling. Amen. You know, and, and I think that's one of the biggest things that's missing a parent does not know how to be a parent if they were not raised by a parent. And I was going to say, just because you have a child, exactly. doesn't mean you know how or even have the skills to exactly. cope with the things that come along with parenting. Because exactly. a child not even sleeping is frustrating for some people that doesn't, that they don't know how to cope. So exactly. I love that you all offer those parenting Exactly. Classes. Yes, ma'am. So that, that's what I'm doing. Even with my book tour, uh, it's just not a book signing. I actually do a 15-minute empowerment session before the book signing um, to let people know, hey, this is not about Douglas. Um, and even in my new promo video, you know, I, I we did the promo video in that way to bring awareness because a lot of people don't know that every 10 seconds there's a, a report of child abuse. And right. when people have – I've gotten reactions when people – we just released that video uh, two days ago, <laughs> two days ago. And the reactions I get in my inbox, like, oh, my God, are you serious? So, you know, we, we got two sponsors that one day, like, hey, look, I want to help stop this. 
I want to help stop this. What do I need to do? What 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 are your sponsorship packages? Because we want to help. We want to help stop this. So it's not about it's not about me. You know, it's not about Douglas. It's about helping children. Uh, my team calls me the voice in the wilderness for those who live in silence. Mm, that's good. I want to be that voice to come to your city and explain to you, especially if you're a teacher, you're a pastor, and this is something that churches need to hear. Yeah. Church, church you know, I, I had a lot of flack from the church because I exposed some stuff. But the church is supposed to be a hospital. I'm a, I'm a consecrated apostle. I was consecrated by the, bishop, the, the College of Bishops and Apostles. The church... I wrote a blog that the black church needs to speak. And because the black church is not speaking, they're silent. This means that they tolerate what's going on. Mm -hmm. But I believe if the church would get active and begin to get active outside of the four walls, because see, God, God didn't come for those who were saved. And, and we as, as leaders, I'm tired of preaching to save folk. <laughs> save folk get on my nerves. I don't want to preach. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not for the saved. It's for those who are unlearned, that have mental health issues, that have a, 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 a spirits of Ichabus and Succubus and dealing with the spirit of Delilah, the, the spirit of Jezebel. The, 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 that's what the gospel is for. Yeah. But my ministry, you know, I, I pastored a huge church. I pastored a church with over 1,500 members. And God told me to leave. And you you know, can we be practical, Nikki? I'm like, Lord, are you serious? <laughs> you know, they they paying me four thousand dollars a month to pastor this church. Can, can, can I stay? And the Lord said, and my dad, my, my my dad, who was also my leader, and I had to give him a shout out, Doctor Unity, uh, Shahid at the Altar Worship Center in Houston, Texas, and my mother, Prophetess Pastor Shahid. They're all my spiritual leaders. Um, he confirmed it. He said out of his mouth, he said, "Son." your ministry won't be in the pulpit anymore. And I'm now beginning to realize and that my ministry, the to the sick I had to take the hospital to the sick. So, you know, the book tours get ready to happen. Um, and, and I'm excited because I'm excited to see people's lives change as a life coach. You know, my, my, my biggest gift is to see somebody that I'm coaching yes. take, take what I give them and yes. apply it to their life. Mm -hmm. That is the greatest gift of it's them all. It's nothing so, like that feeling to watch somebody get un unlocked and unchecked. Yes, yes. So, yeah. you know, uh, uh, people ask me, they say, well, <laughs> you're a life coach. I said, no, I, I am a coach, but I specialize in children advocacy. I specialize in HIV prevention. I specialize in things of that nature. Because I don't want I, I don't want my, my spectrum to be so broad that when you go to a school, oh, you're a life coach? Uh, we don't have a check for that. But if you go somewhere and they say, oh, we need a retention specialist, oh, we got a check for that. Okay, right. that's that's what I do. I focus right. on that. So you you know, so the book, the books, the book, like I said, the book tours get ready to happen. Um, I'm excited to see people's lives change. Amen. You know, you see my shirt, the secret is out. The secret is out. So what do we do now that the secret is out? Amen. My next and I love that because people know about child abuse. People know about sexual abuse. But not a lot of people know how often boys are being abused. And they're not being abused just by men. They're right. being abused by women as well. Right. As right. we move over into the last segment, I want to kind of change the conversation just a little bit okay. and allow our audience to get to know you a little bit better. So I'm going to ask okay. you some questions. First oh, thing, God. Come, yeah, 
Yeah. First thing that comes to mind, trust me with you. The first thing that comes to mind, I just want you to say it. So I'm going to give you this word, challenge. We need to challenge people to be themselves. Cha cha I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, ahead. challenge people to be themselves and challenge people to tell their truths. Mm. Okay. Because I, I I believe when you tell your truths and you challenge yourself to be yourself, you'll be a much better person. You'll be a much much pro more productive citizen when you learn to challenge yourself to be greater than what you are. And you allow yourself to do what God said you're here to do. Exactly. 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 Here's your next word, obstacle. Obstacles are not obstacles. They're they are stepping stones. You you been listening to my to allow to allow you, but but I even use that in some of my, my, my speeches. Obstacles are not obstacles, they are stepping stones to get you to your next dimension. And if we learn from those stepping stones, sky is sky is not even the limit of what you can do in God. Amen. All righty. If you could sit across God right now and ask him any one question, what would you ask him and why? It wouldn't be a question. It would be a statement. Okay. The statement would be, thank you for considering me. Ooh. It's and the deep for me. Go ahead. I didn't mean for it to be deep, but I thank him for considering me because without him considering me, other people's lives are at my hand. And when he considered me, he knew that he can trust me with the anointing that he's given me. So I, I, I thank God for considering me. Mm, that's good. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be and why? One would be my mother. Mm -hmm. uh, and why is because I wanted I want her to know that even through the trauma I've become a better man. Mm -hmm. um, the second one would be my grandmother. Mm -hmm. uh, she's 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 deceased, um, and I I would thank her for taking me when she did, mm -hmm. um, even though she was not um, she was very neutral because she wanted to keep the family together. Mm -hmm. But at that moment, she saved my life. Um. The last person, I can't include my wife because we have dinner every night and I date her every day. Um, <laughs> the last person, ooh, it would probably be Job. Come on now. I've always it, wanted to have dinner with Job. It would probably be Job. Yeah. And somebody will probably ask the question, why Job? I wanted to know what it was like to live in the house with a woman that told him to curse God and die, but yet could she, he could still love her unconditionally. Hmm. That would be my question for Job. Hmm. So here's my next question for you. Okay. I want you to dig deep for this one. Okay. If you could go back and talk to the young Douglas when this first began or when he was fighting because he didn't know what else to do with his feelings, what would you tell him? I would probably tell him to forgive earlier. Mm. Um, me not, not forgiving earlier for me really put a detriment 
on some relationships that I should have cultivated. Mm. Um, me not forgiving earlier caused more more devastation in my life than good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I own four businesses. Forgiveness constipated my wells. Come on, constipated. I love that. That is so impactful. Just but, hold on. Stay loud on that one for a moment. <laughs> Forgiveness did what? Say it again. For, for not forgiving constipated my yeah. wells. Mm. But when I finally <clears throat> forgave, my wells overflowed. Yes. Um, a lot of times we I have I have a saying money, a seed can change your season. When we are tight with testimony, when we are tight with monetary, when we are tight and we know we can be a blessing to someone. We stop our own blessing by being disobedient. And when we're tight with forgiveness. When we're tight with forgiveness. Yeah. So when we're tight with those things, things can't flow freely because God can't trust you. Mm-hmm. But when you forgive, when you are obedient, there are things that would happen that would literally blow your mind. Let, let, me, let me give you an example. I, I'm, I'm very fruitful. My, my wife... Sometimes she looks at me crazy. Um, like we 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 just stayed at a hotel. Did you uh, say you're my, fruitful or frugal? I'm fr- I'm fruitful. Fruitful. Okay. I, I'm yes. not frugal. I'm not fr- I'm, my wife is the frugal one. I, I'm the one. Um, you're not cheap, baby. You're frugal. Um, <laughs> so so I just had a photo shoot done. I just had a photo shoot done, and the bellman brought our stuff up to the room, and. I tipped him a hundred dollars and he only did five minutes worth of work. Okay. Um, there's a, there's a favorite restaurant where we stay that we go eat quite often. And our waitress, I I want the same waitress every time. Uh, the first time we had her, I tipped her $200. The the last time we ate there, I tipped her $75. I need to come be your waitress. She said she need to come be my waitress. (laughs) Um, there were a time when we were traveling and we went somewhere that we normally don't eat. And the Lord spoke to me and told me that this, the waitress needed a finance financial help. I blessed her with $200 as a tip, and she began to cry. Mm. I say that to say this. We have never lacked, even in the pandemic. I'm a, I'm a truck driver. I drove celebrity tour bus before the pandemic hit. Uh, uh, and I'm not being boastful, but I was making $4,500 a week. Amen. I went from $4,500 a week to nothing. But because of our giving, we never lacked anything, even through the pandemic. When you allow God to be God and you allow God to do in you what you don't really want to happen. But because you yield yourself to God, God will cause people and cause things to fall into your lap. And you would never lack for anything because when you put when he puts it in your hand, you give it back away. Yeah. So your hands are always empty, ready to receive something else. Yeah. So 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 I say that even with forgiveness, when I forgave wholeheartedly, my businesses bloomed overnight. Literally, there were things that were held up for me. Listen, 
there, there were there was money that the IRS held up for me that was held up for over four years. When I forgave, when I did what God said do, guess what? Was it two days later? Two days later, that money was released. And I know it was because of the unforgiveness in my heart. So, so I'm telling you, when you forgive, that is a key that many people don't have. You don't have access to anything when you don't forgive. You know, unforgiveness causes cancer, heart attacks, stroke, high blood pressure, diabetes. And, you know, uh, 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 us African-Americans, we, we are prone to, to die, being diabetical. We are, we are prone to high blood pressure. We got, we got the sugars, as my grandma used to say. <laughs> so so, so uh, forgiveness unlocks another level of health and wealth Come on. that you would never imagine. Come on. So I, I'm living my best life. I got stuff going on that I, listen, I can't afford this book tour. I, I'm a, let's just be honest. And, and God, I asked God and said, God, what do you, what, why, why can't I afford this? He said, if you can afford it, it's not me. I said, okay, Lord. He said, because Come if you're dreaming, on. if you're dreaming that small and you can afford it, I'm not in it. Mm. I said, okay, Holy Ghost. He said, so now that you realize and you have admitted that you can't afford it, now I'm going to bring the people to finance it. <laughs> I said, okay, Lord. <laughs> hey, yeah. I ain't got no qualms with you, Lord. Right. That's what you want to do. You want to do it. Right. But take everything good, bad, ugly, because the Bible says he'll take your good and your evil. He'll bring it together. And listen, that's where the word, the, the Greek word, sunadeo comes from. Mm. Sunadeo means he's bringing things together that, that, that he's bringing two common things together to work on a common project. He's taking two opposite things and bringing them together to work for your good. So, so when he said, I'll take your good and your evil, your friends and your frenemies, <laughs> your haters and your motivators, I'll bring them together to work on a common project and work together for your good. Yeah. So, so I'm glad that they talk. I'm glad uh, that I had bad days and good days. My favorite song is I've had some good days. Yes, I've had some hills I to climb. Complain. But yeah. all of my good days outweigh my bad days. Yeah. I won't complain. Even, even to this day, I don't complain. And I understand that the more I complain, the more I stay in. Mm. The moment I give it to God and let God do what he got to do, yeah. God will bring me out of it. Come on now. Come on now. So, I have two more questions for you. Yes, ma'am. What is your superpower? Forgiveness. Come, come on now. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Yeah. If I was to be a superhero, my superpower would, would be forgiveness. Mm. I'm, I'm going through a situation. Y'all hear me say I'm going through. I'm going through a situation right now. And as mad as I am at this person, I forgave him. That's where we're traveling to now. I forgive them because I understand what the anointing that's on my life. I'm not designated to be everywhere or to be connected to just anything. So forgiveness. Amen. What makes you an overcomer? The blood of the lamb. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> what makes me an overcomer <laughs> is the fact that I'll I, take I that. that's okay. It was okay. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So I was able to take an, a, a stepping stone 
and allow God to get the glory out of it. Mm. You know, if, if we take all of our bad experiences and allow God, and you know what, Nikki, let, let, let me step back. I had a bad anger problem, mm. even as an adult. And when I realized that anger was a gift from God and gave my anger back to him, I'm a much better person. Because mm -hmm. the Bible does say it's okay to be angry, but sin not. But sin not. And I had to really, and my wife, she teaches me this all the time. People do bad things to people. And you can't control what they do to you. That part. But you can control how you react to them. That's it. That part. And, and I'm still listen. I'm still learning because if a person cut me off, I, you know, <laughs> I may just say some choice words. I'm human, but I'm learning that people don't think like I think. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I one, one conversation I had with my wife, and I said to her, I said that should be common sense to you. And she, she she brought it back to my my remembrance a little while back. And she said, baby, what's common sense to you may not be common sense to me. Come on, woman of God. And that's what makes us different, but that's what makes us bond together. That's it. You know, and I had to, I had to really think about that thing because everybody wasn't brought up the same. Right. You know, and when you bring in two people together in a marriage you got to take you got to give and take some right you know and and i'm learning even with my staff members who who, who are on my on my team i may say something but they may not comprehend it the way i think they should yeah and i have to go back and be the teacher I have to go back and be the teacher mm -hmm. say this is the way i want it done this is how you do it so this way, it doesn't cause problems later. That's it. So, you know, I really, I thank God for the learning lessons. Yeah. I thank God for them. I thank God every day that I live to learn something new every day. Mm. I, live, I live to learn something new every day. Mm. Oh, the, the website, I'm sorry. I, I meant to tell you, we, we, just, we just changed the website. Well, that's so okay. It, this is your yeah. segment on this part. Tell okay. everybody how they can contact okay. you and connect with you. Okay, so you can connect with me on Instagram at the underscore untold secret. On Facebook, it is the untold secret ministries. If you would love to be a sponsor, if you want to sponsor uh, a part of the tour, if you want to be, if you want to say, hey, Douglas, listen, I love what you're doing. I want to be a part of what you're doing. You can go to www.theuntoldsecret.org. Uh, we just built a new website. So all of my t-shirts, uh, you can make donations there. You can buy my book there. Uh, everything is going to go through the website. So I do have an announcement to make. At the end of the month, I'm doing something that authors do not do. We are we are releasing a brand new mobile app coming out uh, at the end of the month. We're releasing a mobile app. Um, you've been able to contact me live on the mobile app, so we've been able to go live. We can have empowerment sessions on the app. You could you could do everything you want to do concerning the untold secret on the app. Mm -hmm. uh, we 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 have created uh, an app that where we have hotspots. My book is in about eight or nine stores right now. We just received the order last night from a new bookstore of a hundred books, so we we can make those those bookstores hotspots. And anybody who has the app. They will get a daily message from me through the app. Mm. 
So you know, if, if you want to book a session, just like we're doing now, we'll be able to do that through the app and everything else. So God is really blessing the untold secret. He's blessing it. Um, we're, we're in stores across the U.S. Um, again, the book tour is getting ready to start May 9th. Uh, we're starting in Nashville, Tennessee. You said uh, May 9th. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry, September 9th. Okay. September 9th. Um, the book tour starts in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, we're going down to Goose Creek, South Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. We have uh, Fort Worth, Texas. We have New York, New York. We have Buffalo, New York. And we got about eight more dates that we're getting ready to add to the tour. So God is really doing a, an amazing thing, and we're very grateful uh, to what God is doing. Amen. So we're going to go over that again because I did not get the notice for the website. I'm sorry. It that's is, my that's fault. That's okay. TheUntoldSecretMinistry.org.com. No, it's just the untold it's the untoldsecret.org. Okay, theuntoldsecret.org. Yes, ma'am. Everything ma here is correct for your Instagram and Facebook. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right. And then your YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is the Untold Secret Ministries. Um, I just put up my new um, my new promo video there, and I just post, posted a uh, inspirational, motivational video on there as well. Uh, so there will be a lot more things uploaded to the YouTube channel. My social media manager has been getting on me, so I just recorded another video this morning for our Freedom Friday. Uh, so if you follow me, you'll get a, a, motiv a motivational Monday, a testimony Tuesday, and a Freedom Friday. Amen. His name is also tagged in these promotions. So wherever you saw this video, his name is there as well. So what I'm going to do is give you the last word. I'm going to let you close it out. Yeah, you get the last word. I'm going to let you I'm gonna go off screen. I'm going to okay. give you a moment to speak to the audience, speak from your heart. If you want to talk about whatever it is, God, you know what, whatever he's laid on your heart. So I'm does, does anybody have any questions before we do that? Did anybody were, have any questions? There were the no questions, but there wow. were a lot of comments. Okay. A okay, lot cool. of comments and a lot of people were very appreciative of this conversation, as I am yeah. as well. Amen. Um, a lot of people saying thank you. And we'll also be uh, looking at the comments and the questions that people do in the replay. So Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Alrighty. So let me remove myself. Go ahead, man of God. Okay. So again, guys, I want to thank you so much for doing uh your part in helping to stop child molestation and child abuse. I want to say to you, whoever has wronged you, whoever has done anything to you, forgive them. Forgiveness is key to your success. Forgiveness is the key to unlock things in your life that you've only dreamt about. I love you guys. Please share this broadcast to whomever you think will be a benefit from it. I'm Douglas E. Hobson. I am the voice in the wilderness for those who live in silence. Thank you for watching. God bless you, Miss Nikki. We pray that uh, this broadcast that Miss Nikki Johnson is doing that will bless many, many, many people. Um, again, thank you so much for watching. Remember, if God be for you, who can be against you? God bless you guys. Bye-bye. Amen. Won't he do it? And he removed himself. He was not supposed to do that. Well, <clears throat> you will be watching yourself uh, when you watch this replay. So what I wanted to do was thank you. Uh, Douglas, I appreciate your transparency. I appreciate your honesty. I am an author and I know what it takes to write a book, but I also wrote about sexual abuse in the book as well. And that's not easy to put your story out there to the entire world, to criticize, to pick apart, but you do it before they do. So I know what it took and the sacrifice. And I want to thank you. I want to thank your wife 
I want to thank that amazing woman of God that has been holding you up, that God has blessed you with to walk and do life with you and build with you. So thank you. We have a couple of more comments coming in. Um, Pastor Atkins says, very transparent. I loved it. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Pamela says, this was amazing. To my mother and everyone else who has watched, I'm going to ask you all to please, please share this video because this message needs to go out. Today we talked about the untold secret about breaking the silence of sexual abuse amongst males. We know what happens to women. We know what happens to young girls, but it happens to little boys too. So we want to definitely bring awareness to this and you can help me do that. I love you guys so much. And I thank you with all that is within me because you support everything that I do. Thank you for supporting the Obstacle Overcomer podcast. You all are overcomers. And remember, obstacles are not barriers. If you kick them down, they become stepping stones. I love you all so much. Thank you for watching. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If this was your first time tuning in, welcome to the Overcomers family. I cannot adequately express my gratitude to all of you for tuning in today. If today's show helped or impacted you in any way, it would help me tremendously if you would review and rate today's episode. And please be sure to leave me a comment on whatever platform you are listening to this podcast. Also, be sure to connect with me over on Facebook and Instagram at The Obstacle Overcomer Podcast. And if you go ahead and hit that subscribe button, you'll be notified every time there's a new episode available. And don't forget that sharing is caring. So please go ahead and tell a friend and share this with your loved one because this will help me to reach those who really need a word to empower their lives. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget... 